0: the book of Amos tonight. Amos. By way of introduction, we'll read verse 1 and 2. The words of Amos, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. And he said, the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the habitations of the shepherds shall mourn in the top of Carmel shall wither uh let's pray heavenly father i thank you uh for your word today and and i'm thank you that uh, i'm thankful that lord that we can stand strong in your strength and and we can look to christ uh for all uh, that we need and we understand that that he is our all and in all uh through this faith that you have uh, provided for us god we thank you for that and i look to you now god to, to fill me and Uh, with your spirit help me father to minister the word of god to your church and uh, be with uh, sister santa the nursery tonight really with your spirit uh, watching the children and uh, thank you for the word gone forth already this morning in the adult uh, sunday school hour the children's sunday school hour the uh, the worship service god it's been uh, it's been good to be in your house and father to hear your word and to know that uh, how abundantly you have cared and and supplied and provided for us in all that you have wrought for us in Jesus Christ. And, and Father, we are thankful for those that uh, can gather here tonight. We're thankful for those that are here with us online and for the ministry of, of your saints who, who uh, by your power and grace, make, uh, make this possible. And Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you would instruct us by your spirit and, and by your word and uh, uh, do the work in our hearts that needs to be done. We continue to pray for our witness that souls be saved lives to be changed that we would grow uh, lord in the grace and knowledge of you we're thankful uh, dear lord that you could come at any moment we understand that is a sudden appearing and we are to be ready now uh, for that reason and I pray that would be our case day to day father in whatever time you give us and so lord uh, bless our meeting tonight and we're thankful that these requests that we have are before your throne. You will minister them according to your power, wisdom, your grace, your mercy. And, and Father, we thank you for that. And, and we look to you now tonight. our, our, our eyes are on you. Uh, Father, to teach us and to, to guide us and, and just help us to walk uh, closely with you and to glorify you. And Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Uh, early in the year, we uh, began, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's even the end of December, uh, kind of strolling through the Minor Prophets. We have looked at uh, Joel and, uh, and Jonah uh, already, and uh, I pray the Lord has uh, given us more understanding in those uh, letters, and also spiritual encouragement and edification uh, by His power and word, as only uh, He can do. So we move on here, Amos uh, prophesying Israel, we read there in the verse, first couple of verses there, and uh, we're not too far removed from Jonah, matter of fact, uh, Amos would be considered probably a, a contemporary with Jonah, and, uh, one of the prophecies that we read about Jonah was that he prophesied that Jeroboam uh, would restore the, the borders of Israel, uh, that, that would be Jeroboam II. So that for that reason, many place uh, Jonah uh, during the time of Jeroboam, and uh, we have uh, have uh, read here that Amos is is prophesying in the time of Jeroboam. Uh, so it seems the the, the, the chronological uh, uh, commentaries are out there put uh, put uh, Amos a few years later uh, than Jonah, but only two or three. So uh, very likely, uh, contemporary personages for sure, and uh, messages perhaps uh, 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 may be a little bit separated. But uh, anyway, Amos prophesies not too far off in the future from uh, from Jonah, whom we whom we just finished. So we'll begin uh, chapter one tonight and just kind of go down through uh, Amos' uh, a portion at a time as we did Jonah, and trust the Lord to use it. Uh, in our hearts. So uh, we see there, verse 1, uh, the words of Amos, among, who was among the herdmen of Tekoa, which you saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, uh, two years before the earthquake. Uh, so Amos was a, uh, uh, among the herdmen of Tekoa. Right. Uh, and I, I didn't look this up again for, for this study here but I remember correctly Tekoa is uh, southwest I think of, uh, uh, of, G- of Jerusalem there I remember the Bible mentions the wilderness of Tekoa in that area there so he's a herdman uh, from, uh, from uh, Tekoa and uh, uh, we need uh, uh, to always be prayerful as we study and as we learn the scriptures and as I was first reading this I thought you know he's a herdman uh herdman i wonder if there's a uh, why it says herdman there uh wonder if he was uh, over uh, uh maybe cattle and such because sheep of course are referred to as flocks and I'm, I'm thinking i wonder if maybe he was over something different about that and uh that was just my human reasoning i looked it up nope uh, herdman is is a sheep master and uh so uh we we find that uh he's it's, it's a sheep master in our king james bible it's it's, uh, uh, it is uh, in, uh, uh, it is uh, used one time as sheepmaster, one time as herdman, and it is a sheep raiser, a sheep dealer, a sheep tender. So uh, he was a shepherd, uh, Amos was, and uh, uh, God calls him to uh, deliver uh, these, these messages. And he says, uh, which he saw in the days of Jeroboam, uh, the son of Joash, king of Israel, uh, uh, two years before the earthquake, so so Jeroboam is king in his, in the in the northern kingdom of Israel, and Uzziah is king in the, in the southern kingdom of Judah. And he says he saw this this, this burden. He uh, says two years before uh, the earthquake, and uh, so the earthquake occurs uh, uh, in Uzziah's reign. Uh, and uh, uh, according to Josephus, Josephus places it at the time of of, uh, Uzziah being stricken with leprosy. Remember that? Uzziah was a godly king, and God used him in a great way. But at one point, Uzziah got a little proud, and he decided to go into the temple and make an offering. And uh, and, uh, and Uzziah was not a priest, so the priests uh, quickly ushered him out because the Lord smote him with leprosy. And he remained a leper uh, the remainder of his life, dwelling in a several house. Jotham, his son, uh, reigned in the city uh, along with him. After that, uh, but uh, and so Josephus places that uh, earthquake around the time that uh, that Uzziah was stricken uh, with that uh, with that uh, le- leprosy there. Uh, and then uh, verse two, he said to the Lord, the Lord will roar, or he said, the Lord will roar from Zion, utter His voice from Jerusalem. The inhabitants of the shepherd shall, the habitations of the shepherd shall mourn and the top of Carmel shall be, with, shall wither. So Carmel, of course, is a mount upon the seacoast there and, uh, and, uh, and what Amos is saying there, it was, uh, uh, um, it was in the north of Israel and on the, on the uh, western uh, uh, coast there uh, and uh, it had rich pastures olives and uh, olive yards and vines and and uh, its name its very name is a symbol of fertility uh, Carmel. and so when caramel withers things are bad uh there's judgment uh and uh and utter uh desolation so god's going to come and judge and even the the, the fertile place he, he says uh, withers at the judgment uh of god Uh, Speaking of the prosperity of of the area of Carmel and the richness, we might remember a man by the name of Nabal. You remember him? That was Abigail's husband. Uh, he wasn't a very good man. He was uh, kind of evil. And he refused to help David when David re- deserved to be helped by him. You might remember that. And, uh, and Abigail's wife was ashamed of that. And uh, eventually, uh, uh, God smote Nabal uh, for that. Nabal died. And, uh, and David married Abigail. She became uh, one of his wives. But Nabal was a very rich man. And the Bible says there was a man in Maon whose, possess- whose possessions were where? In Carmel in carmel and the man was very great and he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats and he was shearing sheep in carmel so that was a rich uh, fertile place and that's where Nabal had his riches uh and wealth and so we see God's judgment coming upon even you know even the rich and fertile uh uh, uh places uh so he was uh, a uh, a, uh, uh, Amos was a shepherd. Uh, the Bible, the other place that use here, here, it's, here it is uh, translated uh, uh, herdsman. In 2 Kings three four, it's translated sheepmaster. We have and Misha, king of Moab, was a sheepmaster. Same same Hebrew word there, and rendered unto the king of Israel, a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams with wool. So there we go. Uh, uh, as best we know, uh, uh, Amos was uh, was a shepherd, and he was over in, in the sheep business and uh, and over sheep. Now uh, Amos begins uh, pronouncing these judgments. Upon the heathen, upon the nations that are around them, and such nations that have persecuted and wasted Israel, uh, we understand when we read the Bible that Christ is the focus of the Bible. Uh, the New Testament looks uh, looks back to Him. Uh, the Old Testament looked forward to Him. He is the focus of the Bible, and as far as nations go. Israel is the focus of the Bible. So uh, when, when God quotes history, oftentimes we'll hear more about, uh, about, uh, about some king that secular history doesn't even speak of. We say, well, 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 why does the Bible spend so much time on this guy? I think Antiochus Epiphanes is, is, is one of those examples and such. Why does the Bible spend so much time on this guy? Well, because he, he persecuted Israel. He touched Israel. He touched the apple of God's eye and so uh, we read more of some about f- figures, historical figures that might be obscure in secular history but they, but they affected Israel so God mentions them other, other powers in history uh, that might be great in secular history you might read a lot about them, the Bible doesn't mention them why? didn't affect Israel and uh, uh, wasn't needed for God's message for us and such so uh, uh, God chooses what, uh, he, what he has in the scripture for us and, what, and, and by the way exactly what we need so Amos uh, uh, prophesies uh, to, to, to the nations. In Amos 1.3, Let's say the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have threshed Gilead with threshing instruments of iron. And, uh, of course, anytime you hear Damascus, uh, think Syria. Uh, anytime you hear uh, uh, Nineveh, think Assyrians. Uh, anytime you hear Babylon think Chaldeans okay and uh, that will help, help you keep straight in the thinking of, of the people that we're looking at so uh, uh, there's judgment coming upon Syria because they have fresh Gilead with instruments of iron now as you study uh, uh, this, this, this chapter here uh, the incidents referred to uh, could refer to multiple uh, battles and such in which these things took place some of them uh, uh, could have taken place in the past. And, uh, and by the way, since Amos is a prophet, some of them actually could take place in the future. And, and in some cases, if I've studied, I've found, Ill- found illustrations of both, where a battle where that certain nation did that uh, uh, took place in the past and will take place in the future. And, uh, and so uh, it has application. Certainly, it's something they've already done, or in some cases, something they will yet do. That's not a problem for God. Uh, Christ was what? Wounded, past tense, for our transgressions. Bruised. Past tense, for our iniquities. Uh, so God talks about what Christ did in Isaiah. The prophet talks about, writes about it as what? Past tense. But yet, why? He's a prophet. He, he knows the future. He's, he's writing what God's told him to write. Same thing's possible here with, with any prophet. And, 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 and with Amos, of course, there's no exception uh, regarding that. But uh, uh, judgment coming for the Syrians. Now, what might this uh he because they had threshed Gilead with threshing instruments of iron mean uh, what might that mean well in uh in uh in 2nd kings chapter 10 in verse 31 we kind of read how the uh uh how the uh, uh the Syrian persecution of Israel began to develop you remember uh, Jehu was uh was uh called of God to uh, destroy the house of ahab and and uh and do god's bidding there uh in uh, in israel and but the bible says in second kings 10 31 but jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the lord god when he got all done doing what god told him to do he didn't walk in the law of uh, of god he what did he do he still worshiped the the the, the calves that uh, jeroboam the first had set up uh he, he, he took no heed to walk in the law of God with all his heart. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam. There it is, which made Israel to sin. In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short. And Hazael, king of Syria, smote them in all the coasts of Israel. So Hazael, who was the king at that time of Syria, uh, he begins to smote uh, uh, of uh, Israel. Uh, from Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead. So there's something in the past. Uh, that he's doing. Uh, the Gadites, the Reubenites, the Manassites, remember the half-tribe of Manasseh, uh, and uh, began uh, smoting them in all the land of Gilead. Uh, we also read that in 2 Kings 13, 1, uh, uh, during the, chi- the time of, of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, when he, when he began to reign, that, uh, that the anger of the Lord was killed against Israel, he delivered them into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, again, and into the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazel, all their days. So we have God beginning to deliver that northern kingdom into the, the, the power of Syria. And uh, Syria uh, uh, being able to perform these atrocities uh, on, uh, on Israel. Uh, and the Bible says about Syria in 2 Kings 13. Uh, says uh, uh, that uh, Israel, uh, God... Uh, uh, when Hazael began to uh, attack Israel and their borders and have victories, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, in Second Kings 13, 4, Jehoahaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Assyria oppressed them. So God, merciful as he is, uh, uh, gives them some relief. He gave Israel a savior, so they went out from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before time nevertheless almost sounds like the book of Judges you know nevertheless they departed not from their sins uh, the house of Jeroboam who made Israel to sin but walked therein, and there remained the grove also in Samaria Uh, but listen to what the Bible says about the king of Syria uh, uh, of Hazael neither did he leave of the people to Jehoahaz but fifty horsemen and ten chariots uh, and ten thousand footmen for the king of Syria destroyed them and made them like unto the dust by threshing. (laughs) By threshing. Uh, The same word uh, there, uh, the idea there in in Amos, you have have threshed Gilead uh, with with instruments of iron. This persecution of Syria. Uh, We might remember in 2 Kings chapter 8 uh, that that, uh, Elijah had come to Damascus and and uh, Ben-Hadad the king of Syria, then heard was sick and heard that Elijah was nearby and so he sent his servant Haziel to Elijah the king sent uh, 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 he says take a present in thine hand and go meet the man of God 2nd uh, Kings 8 8 uh, he says shall I recover of this disease uh, and uh, so he goes and and, uh, and Hazael gives a message to Elisha uh, in Second uh, Kings 8, about the middle of verse 9. Thy son Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, has sent me to thee, saying, Shall I recover of this disease? And Elisha said unto him, Go, say unto him, Thou mayest certainly recover, howbeit the Lord has showed me that he shall surely die. Well, he'd recover, but... Uh, uh, he's gonna die. Why was that? Because Elijah knew that Hazael was gonna kill him <laughs> and, and reign instead. But he goes on. He says, Elijah steadily settled steadil his countenance steadfastly until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. And Hazael said, Why weepeth my why why weepeth my lord? And he answered, Because I know the evil thou wilt do unto the children of Israel. Their strongholds wilt thou set on fire. Their young men wilt thou slay with the sword and wilt dash their children and rip up their women with child. Thou hast thrust Gilead with instruments of iron. How brutal, how brutal. And, uh, and God says, I haven't forgot that. <laughs> I'm going to deal judgment for that. And, uh, and uh, so there's much wickedness there that God's going to judge. Uh, and uh, by the way, when you study this passage out, Uh, If you study out uh, uh, Hazael, the son of Ben-Hadad, and then you have Ben-Hadad sending a servant, uh, Hazael, to Elisha. I'll give you a little hint in your study. Uh, there are three Ben-Hadads, okay? <laughs> Remember that? All right. So that will help you uh, uh, if you get confused. Well, wait a minute. Now, was the uh, servant, was, the, was, was, Be- was Ben-Hadad king uh, H- H- Hazael's son, or was, or was Hazael Ben-Hadad's servant? What is that? When you find it out, it's different Ben-Hadads, okay? Uh, we got a first, second, and third Ben-Hadad uh, in, the mix, in the mix there. Uh, all right. Uh, so in verse 4, God says he's going to send judgment, but I will send fire into the house of Hazael, which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Hazael, king of Syria, his son Ben-Hadad. He says, I will break also the bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitant from the plains of Avon, and him that hold the scepter from the house of Eden. And the people of Syria shall go into captivity unto Ker, saith the Lord. So, the plains of Aden was another uh, fruitful place and such, and it's referred to as the house of Eden, uh, comparing it to the garden of Eden. And uh, God is going to uh, cut off the rulers, him, the hold of the scepter from the house of Eden. The people of Syria shall go into captivity under curse, saith the Lord. So, God says, the Syrian rulers have done this, these people are going to go into captivity. By the way, uh, we have uh, a record of that uh, in, in the scripture. Now, later on that happens, uh, and when it happens, Pekah is reigning uh, over Israel, and reason is, is reigning uh, in, in, in Syria, and we read in 2 Kings sixteen seven. so Ahaz the, mess- the sent messengers, now now at this time, this is after Amos' time, and uh, uh, Pekah, the king of the northern kingdom of Israel, is teaming up with the king of Syria, reason, and they're going against Judah, and uh, wicked King Ahaz is actually reigning in Judah at that time. Uh, and so Ahaz sent message to, uh, to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, okay? Uh, saying, I'm thy servant, my son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. Ahaz took the silver and the gold that was found in the house of the Lord and the treasure of the king's house and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. And the king of Assyria hearkened unto him. For the king of Assyria went up uh, to Damascus against Damascus and took it, and carried the people of it captive. Where to Kerr, Just as Amos said he would, uh, and slew reason. And so there we see God, uh, God, God fulfilling that. Uh, Amos uh, one six. Thus say the Lord: For three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because they carried away captive, the whole captivity, to deliver them up to Edom. So God's coming after now. We, you might recognize uh, Gaza as a city of the Philistines, okay? So God's now coming after them for, for war atrocities and persecutions against Israel. And uh, we could find multiple places where uh, where, the, where the, these acts by the Philistines uh, took place, uh, You might remember uh, uh, during the time of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat. uh, The Bible says there in 2 Chronicles 21, 16, The Lord stirred up against Jehoram the spirit of the Philistines and of the Arabians that were near the Ethiopians. And they came up into Judah and break into it and carried away all the substance that was found in the king's house and his sons also and his wives... So there was never a son left to him save Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. Just one of the places where uh, that could be what God is, God is referring to. Another possibility, uh, it could be farther in the past when Samuel, uh, the prophet, uh, was, uh, was preaching and in, in 1 Samuel chapter 4. And remember the Philistines defeated Israel. Remember that? And King Saul and his sons were killed. Something like that could have taken place. They could have taken the captives and such, delivered them to Moab, whoever was captured there. There are multiple places where the Philistines could have done this. And uh, certainly one where we found it specifically mentioned, as we just read. Uh, And so uh, uh, God says, I've not forgotten that, and I'm going to judge that. Uh, And so uh, it it could refer to a future event. Uh, Those are, are a couple past events it could refer to. Second Chronicles 28.16, uh, we have Ahaz, king over, uh, uh, over uh, uh, Judah. So this is after uh, Amos. At that, and the Bible says, at that time, the king Ahaz sent to the king of Syria uh, to help him. For again, the Edomites, remember, that's what who here in Amos 1.6, they delivered the captives up to the Edomites. He says, at that time, the king Ahaz sent the, the kings of Assyria to help him. For again, the Edomites had come and smitten Judah and carried away captives. <coughs> the Philist- Here it is. And the Philistines are involved in this too. And the Philistines had also invaded the cities of the low country of the south of Judah and had taken Beth Shemesh and different cities, villages and names there. Uh, and they dwelt there. The Lord brought Judah low because of, king ah- because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he made Judah naked and transgressed sore against the Lord. A couple of places where, where, where uh, the Philistines are involved. One specifically, Edom is mentioned as well. And uh, the Philistines being involved in that, delivering the captives up, up, up to the Edomites. So multiple places where that uh, could have taken place. And God is going to judge that. It speaks about the judgment in verse 7. But I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, and by the way, the fire is, is is simply the fire of war. You'll find that mentioned in Isaiah and other places. They talk about God judging this, God judging that. Obviously, sometimes there'll be a little fire fire involved because you have you know the Alexander the Great, you know, using the flaming arrows and all those things. Sometimes there'll be a little fire involved, but but the the term is specifically speaking about the fire of war, the fire of judgment, and he says. Uh, he says, I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces thereof. And I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and him that holdeth the scepter from Ashkelon. All We would recognize all those as Philistine cities. Uh, and I will turn mine hand against Ekron, another one. And the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, saith the Lord God. And so God's going to judge the Philistines for their part in persecuting Israel, turning the captives over to Edom and, and, uh, and persecuting uh, Israel. Uh, we find that fulfilled even during Uzziah's time, the very time when Amos is prophesying. And uh, we'd find it in 2 Kings, uh, uh, or, I'm sorry, Second Kings, yeah, Second 2 Chronicles 26.5. Uh, Uzziah sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines, there it is, and break down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod, and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians and that dwelt in Gabal and the Mehunims. So there we have a victory where that very well could be. Oh, well, there's a the fulfillment of it. Uh, very well uh, very well could be uh, could, could have been uh, uh, an earlier uh, judgment also upon the Philistines when Jehoram the son of Jehoshaphat was king in uh, Judah and the Bible says Hazael king of Syria went up and fought against Gath and took it and Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem so we have the Syrians earlier <coughs> coming and conquering the Philistines God judging them uh god continues now he's going to address the city of tyrus tyrus was such a prominent city in the bible uh, that it's, it's it's addressed often as a city and we have some amazing prophecies of tyrus uh, through, throughout the scripture um, verse nine let's say the lord for three transgressions of tyrus and for four i will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have delivered up the whole captivity to Edom so they're they're involved in the same kind of activity the Philistines were uh, uh, and that, and remembered not the brotherly covenant uh, alright so what is he speaking about there well as I mentioned Tyrus receives the same charge as the Philistines they've they have uh, uh resisted Israel they had delivered up captives uh to, uh to the Edomites and uh uh they had partaken in these uh, like oppressions as, as others had uh And they remembered not the brotherly covenant. Well, what is that? Well, you might remember when David became king uh, and Solomon, his son, were king. Who was their ally in building the temple and such? Tyrus. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 11. And Hiram, king of Tyre, that's Tyrus, sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons and built david in house so there was a there was a brotherly covenant there uh, uh, and uh hiram uh was a lover of david and he uh, builds him a house there's a brotherly covenant there and uh and we also find that continuing with solomon second kings five one hiram king of Tyre sent his servants unto solomon for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the room of his father. For Hiram was ever here. He is. Hiram was ever a lover of David. <coughs> so he has this covenant. He's helping David. He's helping Solomon. But now this city that, Tyre, that Hiram was king over is against is is against Israel. Tyre. Tyre was a was an economic uh, wealthy place, and they, uh, they didn't like the, they, they didn 't like the economic competition that that Jerusalem presented and so uh, they began to uh, uh, take opposite sides of them in the skirmishes uh, simply because they just as soon see Israel fail and then get a little bit more, little bit more money and that, that began to show up in how, they, how, the, how they, they began to behave in history there uh, so God says, verse 10, uh, I will send a, wall, uh, a fire on the wall of Tyrus, which shall devour the palaces thereof. By the way, Ezekiel chapter 26 records an, ama- uh, uh, an amazing prophecy of the fall of Tyrus, uh, Tyre. And I tell you, uh, we won't go into it now. That, that we'll start at that chapter eventually. The details of it are amazing. Just to say, it's an amazing prophecy of the Babylonian and Grecian conquest of Tyre Nebuchadnezzar tried to take it he took the he took uh uh the the part of Tyrus of the city that was on the land but he couldn't take the isle uh uh, the part of the part of Tyrus that was on the isle Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, Alexander the Great didn't take that until 250 years later and uh uh, and when the Bible talks about, about that conquering of Tyrus, it talks both about the Babylonian uh, conquering of Tyrus and the, and the conquering of Tyrus by many nations. And the many nations is Alexander and, and Greece and the nations that he had conquered under him. Okay? And so when you study that chapter, you'll find that the scripture in Ezekiel 26 uses he, the pronoun he, to refer to Nebuchadnezzar and his conquests. And he refers, uses the pronoun they, the many nations, referred to, referring to Greece. And the Bible is very clear, very clear to parse it out. The victories that are, that, are, that are given to the they are Alexander's victories, and they match up with history. The, vic, the victories that are given to the he uh, is, is Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and they match up with history. And God is very careful to say, uh, he is going to conquer you, Tyrus, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, And they are going to conquer you, Tyrus. Greece and and nations. And God doesn't confuse them uh, in the victories that each got in Tyrus. Amazing prophecy to study. uh, Blessing to study. Uh, And so uh, God is going to judge uh, Tyre. And Ezekiel gives us a great picture of how he does that. Uh, Verse 11 and 12. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom and for four... I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because he did pursue his brother with a sword. Did cast off all pity. And his anger did carry perpetually. And he kept his wrath forever. But I will send a fire upon Teman. Which shall devour the palaces of Bozrah. So the Edomites. <coughs> uh, Sended of course from Esau. Jacob's brother. And uh, the Jacob, uh, Esau's Esau's uh, posterity. uh those to follow Esau uh, begin to be enemies toward Israel and to act uh, in, in this way. Uh, the Bible says he kept his wrath forever. Uh, and speaking about the nation of Esau, when you read about Jacob and, and Esau being born, God made some prophecies about them and the prophecies referred to them as nations matter of fact even at their birth god 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 said behold two nations are in thy womb god's from there even while they're in the womb god began referring to jacob and esau as nations okay and it was the nation of esau that persecuted israel by the way did you say did esau persecute israel well he sure wanted to (laughs) Did Esau, Esau himself, personally, the individual, uh, persecute Jacob while he wanted to? But you know what? He never did. He, Jacob escaped, and he went and got a wife, member, and put in a ram, and all that. And when Esau came, when Jacob came back, what happened? Esau and Jacob made up, didn't they? And uh, Esau, Esau, they kissed each other, and and, and they welcomed. Jacob gave a, gave Esau a whole bunch of gifts. He says, "Oh, keep them, brother. I have enough. I don't need it." Esau didn't hold his wrath forever I've read some commentators that apply, it, that apply it all the way down to Esau but it applied to those who came from Esau and you have uh, you have the, the prophecy saying that, 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 that Jacob would reign over Esau that did not apply to the individuals did it Esau called Jacob called Esau Lord how many times Jacob bowed before Esau Jacob personally never ruled over Esau personally matter of fact we find more evidence to the other Jacob submitting himself before Esau but it did apply to the nation it did apply to the nations uh, the nation of East, the of Edomites uh, Israel was more exalted and powerful and such as that All right, um, I want to get, try to finish this and just make a couple applications here we've just got a little bit to go Amos uh, 1.13, Thus saith the Lord, for three transgression of the children of Ammon, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have ripped up the women with child of Gilead, uh, that they might enlarge their border. For there's another one doing the same thing, another nation doing that same evil thing. But I will kindle a fire in the wall of Robin, and it shall devour the palaces thereof, with shouting in the day of battle, with a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. And their king shall go into captivity, and he and, 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 he and his princes together, saith the Lord. Uh, we might think of uh, even as far back as 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 as, as Samuel uh, and, uh, and and Saul. Nahash the Ammonite, First Samuel, 1, Samuel 11, 1, came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead, and the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, we will serve thee. Nahash the Ammonite answered them on this condition will I make a covenant with you that I may thrust out your right eyes and lay it for reproach upon all Israel so there we have the Ammonites uh, up against uh uh, Israel and of course we remember that Saul actually rescued them at that time and there was deliverance there so there are multiple places where the Ammonites uh, were involved in that Jeremiah speaks some of uh uh, some of that why did they rip up uh, uh, the, the women with children what a hor- horrid thing to do Syria and the Ammonites and Jeremiah 49 1 concerning the Ammonites thus saith the Lord hath Israel no sons see what they want to do uh, we we're going we're to get rid of the prodigy of Israel uh, these continuing kings and such what a horrid thing hath Israel no sons God says to the Ammonites hath he no heir <laughs> Uh, what's God saying I preserved an heir despite what you tried to do I preserved an heir hath he no heir why then doth their king inherit Gad and his people dwell in cities Uh, the days come saith the Lord I will send an alarm of war to be heard in Rabbah of the Ammonites and it shall be a desolate heap and our daughters shall be burned with fire then shall Israel be heir unto them that were his heirs, saith the Lord and the judgment will come a few practical applications from what we've just read here in the uh, in the in, in the first chapter of Amos, we think about this: God is in control. Here we have, and we think about God using. He calls a shepherd, you know, uh, out of Tekoa. Uh, not a priest, not a king. God says, "Okay, I have I have I have some pronouncements for the world. How I'm what I'm going to be doing in the, in the civilized world here, and why I'm going to be doing it. And by the way, I'm going to pick this shepherd guy over here in Tekoa." <laughs> Isn't God good? Uh, many times he, he, he chooses the baser things. And, and just, just to speak through them. He picks out Amos. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and he's going to speak, uh, speak through Amos. God is in control. Daniel said, The most high ruleth of the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. <laughs> you see, as the kingdoms of the nations, and the Gentile nations, are represented as what? Beasts. And what are beasts always doing? They're opportunistic. When one gets a chance to eat the other, he will. <laughs> and that's the, way, that's the way earthly kingdoms have been. And by the way, don't think our nation is exempt from that. There are times that we have provided aid to nations. Why? Because we get more stuff from them. We have, we have ignored help that other nations need because they have nothing to offer us. And we have, we have provided them, them aid simply because we, we are protecting military aid. We are protecting assets that we have in the area. And yet we, we see in our own history we have failed to help other nations in the same manner. Why? We have no interest there. And by the way, that's just human, okay? I'm not saying we're any worse than any, any, any other nation. I'm just saying we're not exempt from those kind of things. Uh, that's in our history as well. Uh, so God with nations with their greed and power, moves them around in their own lusts. They think they're doing it all. And God says, I'm going to accomplish my purpose here. You you think you're going to conquer uh, this other nation uh, because of what you want to do. Well, I'm going to move you there because I have something I want done there. And after a while, I'll send somebody to conquer you. And God just shuffles them around, all the pieces... And all their greed and anger and, 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 and plotting. And he accomplishes what he, will, what he wants to accomplish. God's in control. By the way, he's merciful. What do we read time and again? For three transgressions of so and so and for four. He didn't do it right away. He didn't do it right, right when they would have deserved it to have been done right away. Three or four times, this has the idea of time and again. Time and again they sinned. Time and again they transgressed. And some commentators uh, believe it has the representation of the number seven for three transgressions and for four. Okay, they're up to seven now. Their wickedness has come to perfection. Some, Some hold it that way. But it has the idea of God being merciful time and again. He didn't jump on them the first time. He gave them time to repent. But... Three, for three and four transgressions, here it comes. Now time's up, and we see God doing that. Remember when Israel was going to come into the, into the promised land, God held it off for a while, and he said, the Lord is long-suffering of great mercy. They're going, to be in, they're going to be in Egypt for a while uh, before I bring you that promised land. He's long-suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty visiting iniquity the fathers are the children are the third and fourth uh, generation uh, the Lord, oh, I'm reading the wrong passage here I'm wondering why it wasn't make sense, what it making sense was making sense God's merciful Genesis 15, uh, 16 God telling Abraham that his seed's going to go into Egypt but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites what? is not yet full I'm waiting oh they've sinned, they've sinned, they've sinned but I'm, I'm letting them get a full cup I'm giving them time to repent, and when I see this, when when my, when the time that I've have, have given them to repent, up I'm going to bring your, your folks into the land to uh, to move them out. So uh, that's what God that's what God God does. The Lord is just. Uh, I will not pardon these things. God says, the Lord is long suffering, of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. By no means clearing the guilty. Numbers fourteen eighteen. God will not clear the guilty. By the way, that's one of our hopes as believers, isn't it? ultimate justice every uh, uh, evil is going to be addressed by the way uh, except for ours that have been forgiven amen thank God for that amen Uh, we'll never be addressed for our sins they're under the blood of Christ and uh, that's why we fled to him uh, for for refuge Uh, and by the way again the Lord's no respecter of persons calling Amos uh, calling Amos for you see your calling brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh not many mighty not many noble, noble are called I'm going to pick this shepherd up over here and he's going to pronounce all these things that I'm going to do in the civilized world at this time and what, a, what an honor for Amos to be, for God to be and by the way it's an honor for us to be used of God Amen. we don't deserve it uh, uh, God uses us because of Christ uh, in us and we can be amazed at God Knowing what? He's in control of all this, isn't he? He knows what's going on. We can't see all the orchestrating behind the scenes. Even today in all the nations, he knows what's going on. He's accomplishing his purposes. No doubt he's bringing judgment for some past sins of nations here and there. And uh, he's doing his uh, what he does. And, uh, and we can trust him for that. He's looking out, by the way, working all things together, what we saw this morning, for our good. <laughs> for our good uh, and, for his, uh, and for his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, for this prophet Amos. And he's uh, called from his business and uh, minding his own business there in Tekoa, uh, shepherding the sheep and the sheep business, and you let him know. Uh, no doubt he was a man that was worshiping you and serving you and faithful in his business and such, and, and you let him know I've got a message for the world, Amos. And I'm going to speak through you, and and, uh, and Father, we have it uh, this preserved for us in in the Word of God. And we thank you for it, and we thank you for Amos and all the all the faithful who have proclaimed your Word, and for the preserving of it for us that we can read it even today. And, and Father, we thank you and we praise you for that. Help us to trust you, to understand that uh, our part is to be right with you because you can move not only the heart of the king you move nations father you set kings up you put them down and lord uh, we are to be bowed at your feet and worshiping you because we love you and trusting you we do pray for our nation we pray for revival this nation was built upon christian principles there were those who came over wanting to spread the gospel heavenly father and and uh, met so many ways in which providence blessed those endeavors it's obvious in history and we thank you for that. We pray that you'd help us and speak to those that are saved among our leaders, especially to bring us back to that and do what they can to see godly principles and legislation uh, renewed and promoted, ungodly uh, legislation and principles resisted, Father. We pray for, uh, for, our, uh, for our nation here, Father, but we're pilgrims and we understand, dear God, that, that our, this is not our, our city. We have a city to come. We have an eternal city uh, not made with hands. And, and Father, we, uh, we are we are citizens of that nation. Father, we understand that. Uh, but, Father, we thank you, and we thank you for your goodness in that. And our blessings here uh, because of that abound. And, of course, we'll abound there as well. But being here and loving the people where we born and being thankful for this nation, we do pray for our leaders as you have commanded. We do lift up our hands unto you uh, for them, asking that you'd help us and asking for, that, for thy mercies in these times. And Father, we pray. and We thank you and praise you. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen.